Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and downright strange and allegedly true stories sent in by viewers just like you from the great outdoors. Whether you've been hiking, camping, or just hanging out in the woods, these stories are definitely relatable, but they bring out the more dark side of living in these rural and wilderness areas. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit yours at SwampDweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Now, without further ado, let's jump right into these creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the outdoors. Today's episode is sponsored by Ghostbed. Did you know the folks at Ghostbed have been creating scary good mattresses for over 20 years now? They're a family-owned company that knows the secrets to a spine-tingling slumber. Their mattresses feature signature and patented cooling technology, so even when it gets dreadfully hot, Ghostbed keeps you cool, calm, and collected. I've recently been using my Ghostbed pillow that they sent me, and I love it. It honestly feels like I'm sleeping on a cloud, I stay nice and cool at night, and I haven't had a better night's sleep in quite some time. And I'm not just saying that, Swampo. Quality is crucial, especially when it comes to your spine's well-being. Ghostbed never cuts corners. Using only the most durable, supportive, and long-lasting materials, you'll rest easy knowing your sleep experience is built to last. Ghostbed offers a 101-night sleep trial so you can test out their beds in the comfort of your own home. They also provide free shipping so you don't have to face the horrors of added cost. So, while you immerse yourself in the chilling tales of the dark swamp, remember to bring comfort to your nights with Ghostbed. For a limited time, use code SWAMPED, that's S-W-A-M-P-E-D, for 40% off your purchase site-wide. Once again, that's ghostbed.com. Use code SWAMPED, S-W-A-M-P-E-D, for 40% off your purchase site-wide. Close Call with a Pugwidgie by Chase Hello Swamp Dweller, thank you for your content and keeping things creepy. Before I tell this story, I need to share a little bit of background information. I live in Massachusetts in an area known as the Bridgewater Triangle. It's like the Bermuda Triangle but on land, hence the name. It's a hot spot for the paranormal and the unexplained. Lots of UFO sightings, too. But the story I'm going to tell you about is from what I think is some sort of cryptid that is a bit of an urban legend in the area. It's called a Pugwidgie, meaning Person of the Wilderness. In Native American Wampanoag language, there were so many sightings that the local police jokingly put up a sign on the side of the road near the forest within the triangle. The sign reads, The sign reads, Pugwidgie Crossing and contains a drawing of the creature. These cryptids have always been described as small, usually between two to three feet tall, resembling goblins. They are known to shapeshift into other things like orbs of light or different animals, but they always look a little off. Most commonly though, they look like a porcupine from the back. They can appear and disappear at will, apparently. I worked not too far from this forest, and the man I worked maintenance with lived by the train tracks that ran alongside of the woods. I went by his house one day and we sat around his table and talked about work and other things. He was an older man in his fifties and his roommate was around the same age. 
She was a severe woman who rarely cracked a smile and had a no-bullshit personality. The three of us smoked and continued talking about nonsense when the forest was brought up, and he shared some very creepy stories, to say the least, but nothing compared to the level that his roommate shared. She had worked the local paper routes for years and would start around 2.30 a.m. She told me she pulled up to this house. She doesn't exactly remember where it is at this point because it was so long ago, but she pulled up to this house that she typically always delivered to at the time that had this big pine tree in the front yard off to the side near the wood line. At this point, it was around 3, 3.30 a.m., and she had only just really started the shift. She glanced over at the tree, and she noticed something standing next to it. She described it as a short creature no more than three feet tall with legs like a kangaroo and the face of a wolf with glowing red eye. She continued and said after that she went home for the day and as the week passed, terrible things started happening to her around her home and in her life. She claims the creature cursed her because she looked into its eyes and had to get a local Native American shaman to cleanse her property. After that, the bad luck seemed to vanish entirely and she could carry on with her life trying to forget the haunting image. After she told her story, I had a complete body reaction of goosebumps and my neck hair sticking up. If someone else told me the story, I would probably laugh and not believe them. I've always, I've always heard of Pugwidgey, and I was open to the idea, but I never saw one myself, so I couldn't exactly call myself a believer, if you know what I mean. But there was something in how she told me and looked at me, not to mention her personality. She had no reason to make it up, and I just believed her. Fast forward five, maybe even six months after I heard the story, I was visiting my girlfriend at the coffee shop where she worked and began talking to some daily customers. A few old guys in their late 60s, maybe even early 70s, would drink coffee and sit and share stories or talk politics. We started talking about hunting and fishing, and the same forest was brought up again. I asked the one man in particular if he had any creepy stories to share since he had often hunted in that forest, in the nighttime, the morning, even in the day. He gave me a very interesting but severe look and said, yes, and advised me not to explore there unless I had a gun. He shared a few creepy stories, but the last one he told me changed my opinion forever. He told me a few weeks before he was heading to Maine to meet up with a friend for a weekend of hunting. He was born north of the highway that runs alongside the forest. It was early morning and very dark out still. Suddenly, he noticed two creatures running across the street in front of his van. The first was going way too fast to be natural, but the second one he caught a good look at it. He described it as having the feet of a jackrabbit, the nose of some sort of dog, maybe, and glowing red eyes. He was unsure about the face. He told the creature precisely as the older woman had. I felt the familiar body reaction, hair raising chills and all that. I suppose at this point, if I had any doubt before, it was now completely gone. Although I've never seen a Pugwidgee for myself, I consider myself a believer. I hope I never run into one myself. There's so much unknown out there and it's probably best if we all keep an open mind. Thank you for sharing my story and stay safe out there. My Friend's Bigfoot Encounter by Connor P. A new friend I made recently told me the story after a couple of beers, without which I'm sure he wouldn't have told me. But as he related the following events, I had genuinely gotten the sense from him that he was being very earnest. The fear in his voice, 
is very, very, it's very palpable, you know? It's different from when people are just making something up and then kind of just throwing out wild, you know, wives' tales at you. But I want to share this story from his perspective the best way I can. So it will be from his point of view for the rest of the time. Growing up in Wyoming is, is basically to grow up hunting, at least for my family. We've hunted about everything you can legally pursue in this state and then some. I'm not necessarily proud of it, nor am I particularly remorseful either. I don't do it much anymore, but growing up, we'd always go out. A few of my friends claimed to see Bigfoot, but I always laughed it off, you know. I'd smelled some funky stuff out there, but I've never seen anything that I could say was Bigfoot. It's pretty hard to believe in something like that. But I tell you what, I wish, I wish it was Bigfoot that we saw on the night of 2018 when I was home and went hunting with my dad. We were hunting for elk with ATVs out in the Snowy Mountains range. So we'd gotten some elk urine and were bugling to attract a big bull. My dad had a thermal scope which I had used to scope out a ridgeline. My dad had walked down the ravine to flush something out my way. As I was looking through the scope, I saw something moving down the ridgeline toward us, from the opposite direction of where my dad had gone. At first, I thought it was an elk due to the size of its antlers. Then I thought it was a moose because of its height, but I couldn't make out any fine details. The thing that threw me off, though, was that it wasn't moving like an elk or a moose. Its movement reminded me more of, like, a rodent. How it would have these quick little bursts of speed and then stop. Something about that, combined with the physical length of its front legs which appears shorter than its hind legs, was giving very weird, creepy vibes. It almost had like this curved slouch to it. With horror, I realized we were upwind from this apparition, and it could likely smell the elk urine we had so liberally applied to our clothes. This thing was hunting us. It was using the trees for cover, but I could see it had big antlers, and that's how I knew it was looking in my direction. That's when I started hearing this loud clicking sound, and this was going to s- It was using the trees for cover, but I could see it had big antlers, and that's how I knew it was looking in my direction. That's when I started hearing this loud clicking sound, and this is going to sound crazy, but it sounded kind of like how the Predator sounds in the Predator movies with that creepy clicking sound it makes. At that moment, I became acutely aware of our position on the food chain and that feeling of peace and safety that had always been synonymous with being out in nature for me was gone in just a split second. I knew I had to make a move, or this thing would be soon on top of me. So I quickly got my stuff together and took off toward where my dad had gone. I intersected his path as he returned to my position and I quietly told him what I had seen. Trying to keep my fear in check, he looked confused and I could tell he didn't really believe me. Then... The clicking sound started back up once more. I scanned back toward the sound with the scope and I could still see it. I passed my dad the scope and pointed to where it was. He looked through the scope for quite a few seconds before looking back at me, and I could tell he was pretty shocked. We booked it down to our ATVs and drove back down to the truck and trailer. We loaded them up and left as quickly as possible. We never really talked about what we saw that night, but sometimes I would catch my dad staring off into the distance and I knew he was thinking about it. It boggled his mind seeing something like that after spending his whole life out in the woods. But he's never really been that type of guy to open up about his feelings. So I don't really know what he thinks about it. Sometimes I've convinced myself it was just a big old bull elk with some sort of deformity. But then again, elk don't make that type of sound. 
I don't know of anything that does except for that movie I mentioned. I can't speak for my dad, but I know I won't be going hunting out there anytime soon. Something in the Woods by Patrick Y. Dear Swamp Dweller, this is my story of how a Boy Scout camp went terribly wrong. I will not reveal the name of the place I went to for safety reasons, however, I will try my best to remember everything as I can. This happened only a few months ago, but I may need to retain some while dealing with other stuff. I don't think so, though. My scout troop and I camped at a Native American park in Texas. On the ride there, we told stories, argued about anything and everything, and typical Boy Scout stuff. I instantly felt uneasy and queasy as soon as I left the van we drove in. Not like I'm being watched feeling, but more like I feel deathly sick type feeling. We arrived at around 8 or 9 p.m., and since it was only March, it was already pitch black outside. The tall trees didn't really help much with that, and when we were done setting up tents and preparing for the weekend, it was already well after 10. We were tired and decided to build a fire on the first night. We took turns telling stories until it was Cole's turn. Cole was our senior patrol leader, which means he is the leader essentially, and we all follow him. He told a story that touched us all. We could tell he didn't really read this off the internet, and he later confirmed that the park ranger told him this story when he checked into the campsite. And the story went like this. There were two Native American tribes, Tribe A and Tribe B. Tribe A, of course, hated Tribe B and vice versa. However, there was a mutual tribe, Tribe C, and Tribe C hung around with Tribe A and Tribe B and tried to bring the two tribes together. One day, Tribe C vanished and left without a trace, seemingly disappearing out of thin air. Tribe A and Tribe B, a few generations later, somehow came together over this in some manner or another. A Gree man and his wife saw the land that the Native Americans had settled in. He wanted to build a cabin and live there with his li- He wanted to build a cabin and live there with his wife. When he was making the cabin with it, the wife went to collect a pot of water so they could share that night and swear they saw the ghost of a Native American. Apparently, the spirit tried to warn her about the land and the dangers in the area. The wife immediately took action and told her husband. Her husband did not listen, though. He continued building the cabin until one day it was finished. When the cabin was fully done, the wife felt she wanted to leave ASAP. She would go crazy and ask her husband every night that they should leave. One day, the husband went hunting. He had shot a deer and next to the deer dropped a bag of meat. It just appeared there after the deer was shot. So, the man took the deer and the bag of meat. When his wife cooked the beef, they noticed it smelled awful, like it was rotting. She cooked it up anyway for some reason, and the smell seemed to go away. They ate the meat and enjoyed it very much. The wife went crazy to find some more of that meat. The husband told her he hadn't known what happened when he shot the deer. Then the next day, the husband brought back that meat again. The wife cooked it up and enjoyed it once again. Soon that feeling of wanting to leave suddenly vanished. The beef had made her want to stay instead of going. Then one day while sleeping, they awoke to footsteps outside. The man went out with his gun and found nothing. They went back to sleep, and the footsteps entered the cabin. 
and they woke up again. The man went out again with his gun and found absolutely nothing. The footsteps then got right outside the door to their bedroom. The man got up again with his rifle and opened the door. Nothing. The following day, the couple was found dead on the cabin's roof, with substantial claw marks. Everyone went to bed after Cole told the story, except for Cole and myself. We decided walking around the campsite was a good idea to make those footsteps and scare the rest of the troop. Cole said he would wait in the tent for me to finish. I didn't think much of it, so I started. One, two, three. The first footsteps were made. Four, five, six. Some more footsteps were made. Then, my footsteps seemed to be echoing behind me. A rotting smell filled the air. I gagged as I continued forward. I walked some more. Then I realized that everything had suddenly gone deathly quiet. There was no more cacophony of insects and nighttime noise. I gagged again as I felt I was being watched. Suddenly, I concluded that my footsteps were not echoing. It was something else making footsteps. I walked more and the footsteps stopped when I stopped. As I walked, my heart was racing now. I was terrified, but I thought it was just Cole messing with me. I was trying to rationalize it. But this was instantly debunked as I could feel the cold breath of whatever this thing was on top of my head. Cole is five or six inches shorter than me, so this didn't make any sense. If it was a human, wouldn't the breath be warm? The stench got stronger as I walked quicker. Then I got the urge to stop. I did, I was frozen, and I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. After a few seconds, I turned around, and there was absolutely nothing. I gagged as the scent got more robust. I tried to run back, but then I froze again, this time by no accident. I did not want to move at this moment, because I heard Cole call my name. But it was off. It was silenced in a way. It did not sound real. Uh, I was terrified, however. I called back reluctantly. I wished I hadn't heard. I, I wished I hadn't done this at all. I wish I just didn't interact. I wish I just ran away. Because in reply to me, I heard, No, help, I don't want to die. Then he screamed. At that moment, I knew it was not Cole. I could hear it coming closer. I tried to run back to my tent, but it was far too late. The creature. This thing. It was nine to ten feet tall. It had an inhuman face and pale skin. It was freakishly skinny. I looked at it, and it looked at me. Finally, I don't know why I did this, but I decided to throw a rock at it and run. As I was running, I felt something hit my back. I don't know if it was a claw or what, but I ran faster and faster because of that. That was the last time I saw it. Luckily, I wasn't injured, and luckily I made it back to camp safely. But the moment I got there, I started yelling, hooting, and hollering. Everybody said that this was some sort of coyote, but I knew this was no coyote. The rangers, the camp counselors, everybody wanted me to believe that this was just some sort of coyote, but I know what was really out there. Unknown Sounds from the Finnish Woods by Anonymous Me and my friend, whose alias is Elizabeth, always go on evening walks when I am sleeping over at her or her sister's house. Our usual route is going through the woods by a friend's house to the store and going back through the woods and going to a weird thing where you can see the sea in the view. This is in February, in Finland, which means that it was pitch dark at about 8 to 9 a.m. We were on our way back, 
about halfway to view this thing, and we heard a sound that sounded like a flute, but at the same time, didn't. Basically, a harmonic, unnatural sound. We looked back and saw nothing. She asked me if I heard it. I said, yeah, do you still want to go to Coco's Denon? I asked and she nodded. We walked about a meter or so and we heard it again, but it was distant this time. At that moment, I started to pay more attention because the first time we heard it, it sounded like it was on our right in the woods, and the second time it sounded like it was 20 meters away, on the sand path we were walking on. When we arrived to the view thing, we walked seven steps up to the first level, and I heard a crack in the trees, and on the way there we heard the sound from all different directions, and varying directions and distances. We walked up the first narrow flight of stairs to the second level, which was smaller than the first, and we walked up the last flight of stairs to get to the top level, which is a square, about the size of 3 meters times 3 meters. I sat on the bench, overviewing the rest of the forest and the sea. My back turned from where we came from, and Elizabeth sat on the side where her back was turned to the path, and that's when it hit me. We were hearing the sound, but didn't hear any type of footsteps. It was dark out when we went, so the sky was dusted with stars. She looked at me. What? Don't like, I don't like that you're looking at me like that. You're kind of scaring me. What is it? I looked up and heard the sound again, but it sounded like it was under us now. Um, can we go, like, now? I walked before her because I'm stronger than her and can somewhat fight. When we were down from the view thing, we sped walked and then boom, we heard the sound deep in the trees on our left, and not even two minutes later, we heard it right behind us. She started walking faster and I looked back. There was no one there. Let's run until we're at the pavement, I said, and she agreed. When we were finally on the pavement, we crossed the street twice so that we were on the road leading home. When we heard that sound from down the hill, which is impossible, I asked her if we could run 15 meters and then walk. We did that and didn't hear a sound after that. We thought it was over, but no. When we were about to cross the street to get to her house, we heard it again. It was directly behind us, or at least I did. She claimed that she didn't hear it that time. She was fumbling with her keys to try to get down. We ran down the seven steps and opened the door. I tried pulling the door closed, but it felt like someone was pulling it open. When the door finally shut closed, we ran up the two flights of stairs as fast as we could while being quiet and opened her apartment door, and quickly went to her and her sister's room. When we got there, her sister asked why we were so shocked and spooked. We told her, and their mother. She said it was probably a fox, and over the course of the night, I kept hearing footsteps in the staircase of the apartment building. The footsteps would occasionally stop at the front door, and I would hear taps on the door, and then it went down again. This repeated the entire night. The neighbors are all old, so they were all asleep, and who would do that all night? The next morning, we searched up what a fox sounded like, and it definitely was not a fox. The Pale Skinny Man by Anonymous I experienced this back when I was 14 years old. Now I am 23 years old. Back when I lived on the outskirts of a small town in Montana, B. 
Behind my home, there was a forest. Now, I have never stepped a foot into these woods until that day. The only time I had even gotten close to that forest was when I was tasked with walking the family dog, Charlie. Now, Charlie was a pretty big dog. I had never seen him cower before. On one of our walks, I heard noises in the woods. It was the sound of a branch snapping. Occasionally, when I took walks with Charlie, I would keep hearing these noises. One important thing to mention, though, is that whenever I took Charlie out during the day, nothing would ever really happen. But during dusk and dawn or nighttime, I would always hear these noises. The day I decided to head into the woods was an extraordinary day because it was my 14th birthday. After everyone was in bed, I had snuck out with Charlie, and we navigate our way through, or, well, tried to. We ended up getting lost and came upon an abandoned shed in the middle of the woods. Then the last thing I expected happened. Charlie started whimpering. That was never a good sign. I had wondered if there was someone there, but I couldn't see anybody. I didn't think I would need any form of protection, so I didn't have any with me. And then I heard the sounds. The sounds of crunches and snaps. All of the wildlife went silent. I was terrified, so all I could do was run to the shed and hide. Something or someone got closer. I heard the leaves crunching. It was the only way I could tell how close it was getting. Then a loud bang resonated through the woods. It was walking on top of the roof. I couldn't stop shaking, but I'd like to think that Charlie could now tell how scared I was because he started licking me. Around five or ten minutes later, it hopped off the roof and I peeked out the nearest window. There was a human-like creature with grotesque long limbs, pale skin, just like the moon, jagged bones, and joints. It was extremely thin. Its spine was protruding underneath its skin. Instead of bumps on the spine, they were like tips of a knife. I felt sick to my stomach and almost hurled. I managed to see its face. It was roundish. Its eyes were beady. They looked black, but I'm not completely sure. They were glossy like the eyes of a doll. Lifeless. And soon it had started to walk away, but not without turning back to me and letting out a demonic roar, like the roar of a lion mixed with the call of a raven. I think it knew I was there. I don't know what prevented it from killing me, but whatever it was, I am forever grateful. Remember, if there are woods near you and you hear strange sounds, leave it alone. Never forget that there are things out there that won't be as merciful as it was to me. And if anyone knows what this is, please let me know in the comments. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true outdoors horror stories that were sent in by viewers just like you and surely will freak you out tonight. I don't know about you guys, but if I see any of these creatures anytime soon, they're going to catch a good case of these hands, and I have a bunch of hands on deck. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to slap that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it to fresh new eyes, and that helps us grow. If you're new to the swamp, be sure to subscribe, turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them damn near every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, 
Whether it's an encounter in the woods, an encounter with some sort of unknown entity, ghost, creatures, anything in between, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. You can also submit it via reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I'd love to see your story and share it with everybody. Down in the comments down below, definitely let me know which story is your favorite. It helps me pick better stories in the future. And I will see you all very, very soon with another creepy episode.